This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast, um, episode four of the season. Um, thanks for everyone for joining and listening again. Um, really good um, numbers on last week's episode, actually. So um, yeah, thanks for your continued support, and we'll keep we'll keep churning them out. Got a couple of big guests coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. Actually, we'll just chat in, so um, we'll reveal more soon. But yeah, keep keep your eyes peeled for them. It is um, right then. Another week has gone by in the world of QPR. Um, we're joined by Bradley is back in the house he's had a lesson on all the players names he's up to speed <laughs> how are you how nice are you try. mate you okay yeah, I'm good mate good good to see your faces again and good to see you Jack um, yeah let's let's hope I pronounce some football players names right tonight and what's Osmond's okay. surname what's Osmond's surname what's Osmond's Kakai. surname Kakai Kakai <laughs> Uh, ever-present, Duncan, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Bit of a tiring long day, but apart from that, not too bad. Looking forward to the new quiz with Bradley pronouncing players' names wrong. Can't do that. <laughs> and uh, we've got Jack back on. Jack, is it Suppler? I always forget. I'm really oh. sorry. It is Suppler, is it? There you go. Uh, Supple. That's Supple. It. That's, 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 go. that's the first one. That's the first mistake. Yeah, yeah. I normally I, I just call him up to Jack. That's why. Literally. That's fine as well, mate. Maybe you want to call me. How you doing, mate? You okay? Yeah, good. Yeah, pleasure to be back on and uh, let's dissect what's been going on at QPR. Yeah. So last from the last pod, a couple of few things have happened. We've had obviously two games in Hull and Swansea. Also had the transfer window, transfer deadline day, and it shut in. So I'd like to reflect on them. I guess let's start at Swansea. Obviously. A great win at Hull, great performance, great 70 minutes. Um, go to Swansea, I was really confident, like we all probably were, which is actually always a downfall. I always get overconfident and think I shouldn't get overconfident because I know what's going to happen, and it happened. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, not a great game, really, for the whole 90 minutes. Huffs, huffs and puffs was what I thought well, I would take out. And... Um, I thought Beal, I don't know, I just thought with the selection, maybe a, a 
no changes for a third game in a row was probably the wrong decision. Hindsight's a wonderful thing, but um, the high line as well, that, that seemed to bother me, especially what he said in his press conference, which we can touch on. Um, but Jack, not good, mate, sat, uh, Saturday. Yeah, I, I didn't go, but I did watch the game and um, I watched it online. And I must admit, it was, I felt a bit like you. I felt the way Swansea play and the way we have started to play with the high line and going after teams in their own half, I thought it would be an absolute golden opportunity to sneak an away win. I think there was a couple of decisions that didn't really go our way that I think, you know, the Willock pull in the first half and the penalty wasn't a penalty. I know he saved it. There's certainly a few things that, it was some weak refereeing going on, but you know, Swansea, it, you think they're going to have all the ball. QPR came away from that game having had more possession than Swansea. And that's the first time that's happened to Swansea in a game this season. And yet, despite that possession, you know, that dominance of the ball, so to speak, we only had eight shots and three on target. So you think they did, they did a good job at stifling us overall, really. Didn't see much of Willick. We didn't see, I know Chair had a chance in the first half, sort of one-on-one, -on -one, didn't need to, at an angle. But yeah, it was a difficult one. I mean, we had, a couple of little things I noted. It was only Senny Dieng's second penalty save in the championship. Um, he also had one against Cardiff. So it's something about the Welsh teams that he likes from the spot. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, Tim Arubanum is the second Tim to play for QPR. First one since Tim Breaker in 2000. So that's Breaker, yeah. Awkward stat there. And then um, obviously Armstrong and Tim coming off the bench. It was the first time two teenagers appeared in a game for QPR since May 2018 versus Leeds under Ian Holloway. Could you guess who those teenagers were in May 2018 that came off the, you know, that played in that game? What year, sorry? May 2018. May 2018 and Ian Holloway against Leeds. We had two teenagers so be, playing that. Yeah, so would it be Charity? Eze is one of them. See, the other mm. one's a bit trickier. bit trickier. bit trickier. That makes me think it's someone. Was it? Oh, I saw the tip of my tongue. He played up front. Played up front. I'll give it to you. It was Ote. Ote. Ote, of course. I mean, I mean, a I couple forget of forgot even play for us already. I know that goal against Burton bubbled enough. <laughs> but now a couple of you know, one clean sheet in the last twenty-one away games. It's not the best offensive record, and you know, you'd like to think we've got to tighten up at some point at the back. But uh, yeah, that that were my thoughts generally. You know, a bit of a missed opportunity. I thought I didn't think Swansea were great. And uh, I felt, you know, they did a number on us, you know, stifling our creative players. Well, I, I think everything Jack said, to be honest. Um, Swansea had a, a lot more, I thought, felt like they had a lot more chances that they should have finished. A few free headers, although we, we got off quite lightly. But yeah, it was an hard day. And do you, Am I wrong to think that Dickie was to blame for the goal? It was a silly pass to field under pressure in that area of the pitch for me, but I suppose he just wanted to get it out. Um, but yeah, um, field, wasn't field, field's error really, but I see what you mean. Dickie didn't help him, did he? Like, I think that's the way we want to play football, isn't it? We want to play it out from the back, which means the midfielders have got to receive the ball in those kind of areas. And yeah. it's just doesn't help, does it? When Swansea pressed us quite high, like were all over us really in that first half, especially, weren't they? So it was a bit of a disappointing game. I think like Jack's hit the nail on the head with most of the things he said, really. Like there's not much more we can add apart from <laughs> refereeing decisions, but we're gonna get onto referees a bit later. So don't want to say too much too soon. If you look on the high line, because we played a high line at Watford, we played a high line at Sunderland. Um 
can't remember I can't remember Blackburn being that obvious, but it might we might have at Blackburn, but Beale's interview said that literally we don't know why we're playing a high line. That's not what we were told them to do. It, it, it felt really odd that, that that's what we were doing because it's so obvious, it's so high that why would you not change it? Do you know what I mean? Well, I, thought, I thought it was done intentionally. I thought we were trying to like copy it. copy like Liverpool style of having a high line to then squeeze the pitch. So when we press, we're yeah. pressing a smaller amount of pitch and we're winning the ball back higher up the pitch. I thought it had all been done on the training ground. Yeah, and I think and for that reason, De Sales looked pretty good because he's got... Yes, exactly that. Our midfields look better because of it. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Um, I feel like he's got... Because he's got less ground to sort of cover and, you know, he's actually snapping into tackles and he's getting across the pitch pretty well because there's, you know, it's condensed area. And obviously a little, you know, tweak put in field, you know, more deep line. I know he made the error against Swansea, unfortunately. But before that, in the last few games before, I thought it was really good and I thought we've seen a bit more Johansson, you know, I think... Yeah. Hansen's got four assists already in this championship season. I think it's like joint most in the league. So, you know, he's he's sort of revitalised, I thought, in his last few games. But, no, yeah, keen to see what you think about what they do with the midfield when everyone's fit. Well, it's it's interesting with the high line, though, because obviously we've got we've got the win backs now to deal with that because obviously they've got the pace. But, it, you know, we've not got the centre-backs that has the pace to get back if the defender goes behind but even if we bring Balogun in, uh, he, he, will he have the pace to play a high line? Obviously, I don't think Bill wants to play a high line, but if it keeps happening, that's obviously where we're getting stung. Well, they they, they didn't do width, did they? So that was what um, Watford did a bit more. They were they had their wide men a bit more making those runs, which gives everyone a bit of an opportunity then to get back. But but what, what Swansea were doing, what I noticed in the first 30, 40 minutes, were their midfielders, so the midfielders were just running through constantly. They, 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 they had three or four of them just... And they had their their forwards were coming inside, and so so it was essentially versus Dickey and Dunn. I don't know if that was intentional. It's, it looked like it was intentional by um, Swansea manager Martin, um, but that that but yeah that that seemed to be it was just a bit odd that in his his um, post match interviews he said that that wasn't intentional. We don't know why we're doing that. Maybe he's just inferring that he just he's a tweet coming up. Maybe it's just a, a case of just dropping five yards or something. Maybe he's just sort of yeah. high in the seat. Maybe we were too high. That, yeah. that we were that's high. We were supposed to be high, but yeah. not that high. Yeah. Um, but it was a great tackle by Powell running back. You know, it was that Swansea did a penalty, they wanted a penalty for it, but I think that was a blinding tackle to see the pace on it. In my, I mean, our wing backs obviously had a quiet game because me and Dunk was at Hull. And uh they were they were superb at Hull. I think from start to finish, we was brilliant at Hull. Chair and Willett doing what they do best. So yeah, it's, it's a bit of a shame, but obviously, I think that Bill's going to change the team now because of his post. He was saying about tiredness. So obviously, if he if he's saying they're tired, then I think the team will be changed. But then, have we got fit players there to come in and play a full ninety? That's the question. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um... I'm going to say Tim, because um, when he came on, he looked he looked good, didn't he? He looked like physical presence. He looked like he carried the ball. I mean, look, it's only a 10, 15-minute cameo, so it's difficult, but he looked he looked handy, didn't he? I'd like to see him get more minutes. Um, difficult because the, the, those midfield three have been played quite well recently, um, but I, I can see him. I've, it's difficult to not see that midfield not being completely different as the season goes on and... and, and 
you know, slowly but surely we start seeing Amos come back in, Richards, you know, you know Big Tim come in and, 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 and that's how it slowly transitions. Not sure what you thought, what you guys thought. But I'm slightly concerned we've got too many players in that in those positions. Like, I feel like when everybody's fully fit, who is going to be, if we're playing with the free midfielders still, who is it going to be our first choices? Because there's so many players there. And against Hull, like, Dizelle, Field and Steph were phenomenal. I felt like we, they completely bossed the game. Like, as much as, like, Steph gets applauded because his pressing get, like, got the two assists. Um, me and Brad were both saying Dizelle had been absolutely brilliant the first half, especially. Sam Field started the season really well. So I think those players, if they're going to come in, have got to really show something on the training pitch or the others have got to really have a bad couple of games. But that, do you not think that just goes back to where he's saying the tiredness of these players, obviously the players we've got in the squad at the moment, it will be a rotational squad. He's not going to find his 4-11. He's going to rotate. You normally have one, you normally have one two Per position, don't you? So three centre midfielders, you've got six midfielders, right? So that to me feels fine. You've got injuries, suspensions, tiredness, um, you know, rotation, like Brad said. So so I, I don't think we're overloaded in there, but and I think it makes good competition, doesn't it, when everyone's fit? Um, but it would be interesting to see how we go on as the season goes on and who actually takes their you know their opportunity or their chance. Um, and if we change it to five at the back, what does that do to the midfield as well and how we play and because I think Bill Bill wants to do that, and I think when all the centre backs are fit, I can see us moving back to a five a bit more regularly, um, which may then change that midfield how it looks. Yeah, I feel like um, the players coming back, like your Amos, your Roberts, um, Richards, they, especially Amos and Richards, that I think they they're capable of playing as one of the two behind the striker in the current system. You know, Amos offers something different if you really want to press from the front. We saw him have some good games last year where he popped up with some goals, playing quite further forward. And then Richards apparently can do both. Again, I must admit, I've not seen much of Richards. Um, we're told that he, he's, he's quite a, he can play an eight, as an eight, and I think he's probably going to be direct competition for Dizel. I think Amos can float in between those two positions. And obviously the lad from Villa, I think he's direct competition for Phil. Um, and, and you know, I, I really do think we need we need a backup field because with his injury history record, I know he's been in the team consistently. When he came back from injury last season, since start of November last year, he's picked up more bookings than any other player in the championship. Sixteen yellow cards, and he's committed the most fouls. He's not been sent off yet, but you feel it's not it's, it's not far yeah. off. You know, walking the lines <laughs> to have a player that can come in and look. Well, let's be honest, he looked he looked a player, didn't he? Um, yeah. So it's it's just it's nice options I think to have I think I, back what you're saying about the transfer window I think where we are light is up front still I think we have been for a while really but it yeah. Made it. so yeah, yeah that's something to address going forward. Well, we know that Tim's a player because I was I watched the Gerard interview I don't know how long back it was now but when he played him for Villa and he said the reason he played him because he was the best trainer you know mm. he he seen. He said for weeks on end he was the best trainer and he, he wanted to give him that opportunity. So obviously Bill's seen that and we've brought him in. So it'd be interesting to see more of him for sure. He's got that raw rawness about him probably as well, hasn't he? So he just needs to learn, play games and, and just sort of understand how the championship works because it's it can be difficult at times, can't it? But just going back on your transfer, you know, the transfer window, transfer deadline day. 
what were, what, what was Doug? What was your views on that? Um, obviously getting days. obviously getting Tim in. I feel he's like I said, he's going to be a good option for us. Hopefully, he'll show the like potential everyone seems to think he has, and it'll be a good signing for us. I just feel like we've really like missed a chance of not getting a striker in. I just feel like we're, we've left ourselves really light, especially with Dykes struggling for form. Bond situation is all over the place. Armstrong's not ready enough to be starting week in, week out. I feel like we've let ourselves down a little bit with not getting someone else in. Yeah, no, it begs the question, why were we doing it so late? Like, you know, the picture has been the same for the last few weeks. Bond isn't, doesn't feel like he's in Bill's plans, right? Because he hasn't been even in the squad. He obviously wants to go. We all know that, right? Um, so what's check? Why is it suddenly transfer deadline day, and we now try and get rid of him and, and try and bring us up? Do you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some thinking behind sure. that. I don't. Surely, it'll get it. to do with budget, won't it? Well, it's well maybe we budgeting. can. Maybe clubs were waiting to see what we would off, what we'd fall down to on transfer deadline day, because it does happen, doesn't it? You know. You, but you, what you, I do like. Wages. But what I do like is obviously it looks like we're we're not just going to go in for any old Tom, Dick, and Harry this time. You know, I think they want to get it right. They don't just want to bring a striker in for the sake of bringing a striker in. You know, think how many times we've done that and fans have gone mad. So I think they're holding back. They're waiting for that right one at the right price, I suppose. Or... And that they're trying to avoid the loan market. There was some, some rumours we heard that, that they were trying to get free transfer in um, to try and avoid. They, they weren't looking at the loan market, um, which obviously, you know, your pool of people then decreases by quite a lot, doesn't it? If you just try to get these frees through the door but but you can still get frees in so i don't know whether bond staying now means we can't do that yeah i think i think i don't know i'm only speculating as to why it was left so late but i think you know made a good point earlier um that it's got chess match almost in terms of budgets and stuff like that so at the start of summer maybe a club's only offering a small amount of wages to cover bond for example or the loan deal the late you leave you know we're holding out for a better deal we're also waiting for a premier league striker maybe to come on loan and then that situation changes because maybe the premier league manager's under pressure by gerard you know you don't it's hard to know in it from our point from our side but like like dunk i feel it was an opportunity missed just to shuffle the deck a little bit get bond out early and then try, you know, if there were takers, and then try and get someone in. I think I'm keeping a close eye on Charlie Kelman. He's doing quite yeah, well. He's doing well really that's what he needs, though. That's what he needs. But, but that's my point about Sinclair last week, Armstrong. He needs that. That's what he needs. That. That. Every week, he needs that, right? But obviously, we need him, and he's got a lot of potential. So I get why he's staying, but I also think agree that he needs that week in, week out, you know, trying to grab some goals, as much goals as he can. I've looked the other day. You've got to remember that, January is not far away. I know it is in relation to the calendar, but it's not in relation to games because we don't play that many the, more games. It's because of the World Cup, isn't it? It's a bit massive. No, I know, gap. but they'll, that'll be in their mind, won't it? They'll be thinking, well, hang on, we've only got 11, 10, 11 games until the January when January windows open. So let's just see how we go. You know, we're not sure, but we could be sure. So do you know what I mean? That's, that might be to do with their thinking as well. Yeah, I mean, with Sinclair, I agree. I think in an in ordinary circumstance, if you've got three senior strikers, he goes out on loan. But I think because he offers such a unique physical skill set, yeah. none of our other players have. He is a freak, like, you know, in terms of his strength and his size and his, you know, how fast he is. He's got so many good raw attributes. That it's almost like he's handy just to come off the bench because even through like enthusiasm and hustle and bustle, he seems to be making things happen. I know he's not a natural finisher and he's missed a couple of chances, but he set, he put one on a plate for chair at home who missed, didn't he? 
uh, rather, yeah. I think. So, yeah, I, I, I can understand the logic in keeping him because he has been a bit of a surprise package probably for Bill. But I, it's it's a bit of a mystery why Macaulay Bond's just not anywhere near the squads when, you know, he could probably do a job 20 minutes here or there. But it's interesting because I think that's, I think it's coming. I, I, right. I can't see how many games Dykes is still going to start. I know he offers more. I can see what people are saying. And I've seen it for myself. He, the pressing and he pulls the defenders out for Cher and Willock to attack. I can see that. But the striker's there to score goals, right? And obviously, it was good to see the fans behind them at Hull. We were right by it when it happened, when he missed that chance. But it was almost harder to miss that than it was to score it. it it's just... His, his confidence is just not there. And surely Bill must be looking at that thinking, Bon, you know, he's there. It's usually I don't think Bond's his answer. Bond isn't the answer in any equation to Bill, I don't think. I think Roberts it, is the is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. When Roberts is fully fit, he'll be there. Um, but I agree. I, I mean, Linda Dykes, the, you know, I mean, where do we start? We talk about him every week. I mean, and we really want the guys to do well, don't we? We all do. Like, yeah. you know, he works hard. I know what he does to the team and I know what he does to for Willick and Chair. I get it, right? But to your point, Brad, like that game at Swansea, when they nullified... Will it? They pushed them both further out. They got straight on them, and that you, you know you're looking for a striker then to just grab a goal at nothing, you know, and, and 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 then the game changes. Then it becomes more open, and then that's when Will it can share can come in. That's you know my view on it. I just I struggle to understand it. It's interesting to know how many better. how many teams now though, like going forward, are just going to man mark Chair and Willock out the game. You know that's going to be everyone's plan, isn't it? Right, Chair and Willock stick up. High pressure, pressure and pressure, pressure. Obviously, they're so good. They're the two best players in the league, easily. But they're so good at doing what they do. But with so much pressure on them, then like you say, Dykes needs to... But he has he's not that sort of player that's going to use pace and things. He's more of a get the ball in the box and get head on it. But he's not even doing that at the moment. Yeah, that's the concern. He's not really getting in that many goal-scoring chances. And, you know, I, I watched... I went to the Blackpool and Rotherham games and I know he missed chances, but it's also his positioning and like not maybe not being on the same same wavelength as Ethan Laird with the cutbacks or not knowing which run to make and maybe hang, he's hanging back the back of the six yards. Back back nah, I think that any any good striker worth their salt. Look at Charlie Austin, you know, you, you make that little near post dart, you know, to get a flick on it across goal sort of thing. And you know, you, you asked me to have a look at Dykes' stats, it's you know, one goal in eight league games this this season, averaging a goal every 600 minutes, which is twice as much as his previous campaigns. So he's really taken a hit on an average there. He's only converted 6% of his shots. Last year, it was 13%. The year before, it was 20%. So he's had a massive dip in his shot conversion rate. So his confidence is at, at a low, but he is doing a bit of that Heskey role, isn't he, in terms of the dog work up front, holding the ball. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What bring Nubs into play? So he, he's bringing something to the team, you're right, but how... I think if that that open, you know, that that really glaring miss that he had against Hull, if he does that at nil-nil, he doesn't get the reception he got. No, does no he? of course. Not, not of course. at all. Uh, we got up and we have and to have a common good score from there, you know. They got and to do you're it. over at one. That's just frustrating. Like, Why we, if he thinks he's offside, that's fair enough, but you still put it away. You don't, you play but, to the whistle. Yeah, that's what, but it was, it was good to see from the fans, so obviously, yeah, singing yeah. his name after that. And Field literally sprinted the pitch to lift him back up and say, come on. And, you know, that's very good from the team. And I, I know after that, the fans were singing Armstrong, which must be brilliant for him, being so young and getting a reception like that. But, yeah, I, I feel like, Bill, how much longer is it going to last? You know, it's something's got to change. But it's for Bill, is he doing the right thing? Because Cheren Willock are getting the goals. So in his eyes, is he, he is, he's doing it. He's just not doing what we want him to do and score. I think then again, right. it it's gets to the point. issue, doesn't it? Where... Like with Swansea, we said Cher and Willock were marked out the game. That's when Dykes would need to step up and create chances or make more space for other players or other midfielders who've got to make more space and take the game by the scruff of the neck. And that's what we're not doing. It's almost like we're waiting for Cher or Willock to do something to have find that spark. And when we go one nil down, the game changes. That's the reality. Is is when it's nil nil or, or we're winning, you know we're winning one nil or you know that's when the game opens up because the teams are trying to score right. But when they score, especially at home. City. You know, that pitch just comes so much smaller that they compact and then you will look at the chairs. They don't have hardly any room and it, they get sort of getting their three or four chances. They get one or two and if they don't put them away, hence chairs one, which on another day that flies in the top corner is a great save from the keeper. And then we're talking a different game there and God knows what would have happened after that if we went one-one just before half time. Um, yeah, and that Swansea sitting deep is exactly why QPR had those inflated possession stats against Swansea because yeah. they, they were like, come on then, try and break us down. And you're right, you do need a striker to take the game by the scruff of the neck, but it is also difficult playing up front on your own as a target man when you're not getting that much service in the game. It makes them automatically look a bit worse, but we've seen enough of Dykes to know when he's on it and when he's not, and he's not quite on it, is he? I feel like he hasn't been, he hasn't really been on it since that, remember that injury he had? It's, it's, yeah. Ever since then, yeah. I feel like he had that injury and he's cut, he went missing for a few weeks, didn't he? And then Forrest at home, wasn't it? He, he smashed his foot against someone and he had to go off it. And then, yeah, yeah. Boot, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. He yeah, scored in that game the... as well, didn't he? He did yeah. better, Dykes, coming on 60 minutes. And, and after when the centre backs are sort of, you know, energy low, I've always said it, he'd be much better, much more effective. We score more goals. Appreciate, you know, you want your, you know, your star striker to be starting and scoring goals. I get that. But maybe that's a way to get his, his score. Like confidence yeah. back. Yeah, his confidence, get him going. That's what he needs. Something just to get. Same with Sinclair. We just need him to grab a goal. We need Bond to grab a goal whenever he plays. Anything, just just, just something. I'll tell you what we need. We need Roberts to get a goal. He's dying for one, isn't he? Yeah, he's like well. going to go. up front, though, because he can link, does link the play well. Yeah, he's quite mobile. Yeah. So yeah. maybe there's something there with him playing as like a deep line forward or whatever it is you want to call it. I think he could be the link man to create space for others and maybe he gets a goal as well. I, I mean, it's just speculating. I think Bill will want to play three at the back. He'll want to play two set midfielders. It may be a two completely different set of midfielders to what is in the three now. 
you know, get those four back as high as possible because they're lightning, and then get your you know your three you know your chair, your Willock and your Roberts or you know whoever. I think that's what he wants. To see. It feels like that's what he wants to do. He always mentions it, doesn't he? So you yeah. and keep their place then, and they they stay. Well, into- nicely on to Jim to us two centre backs. <laughs> I want to talk about Jimmy Dunn. Get your views on him because I know Brad, you're like you love him, and I know he is a well, we all love him. But I get a text from a Swansea fan saying, "Who's your non-league centre back?" <laughs> um, and obviously that's harsh because he isn't. He's much better than that. But they 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 couldn't believe how bad he was. Literally, they were laughing in the stands. Um, so my question is, I guess to, to to you boys is, is Jimmy Dunn? Does it? What does he suit this style, or is this? You know, is he the is he the way forward? Is he just an interim till we get these two centre backs fit? Have we got I, a short I, memory? Have I got I a short thought, memory? I think it's difficult, and I think a lot of our centre backs suit playing in a back three. And I feel like they get exposed a bit more in a two because neither Dickie or Dunn have that burst of pace. So when they, we play high lines, they're going to get caught out. And I, I always get the I always get a feeling with them two they don't necessarily work as a partnership. There's like, like a little bit of trust missing. They don't seem to like you know like the great centre back partnerships of the past where like one goes one sort of go ahead of the other one covers up. Like you know what, what they're going to do. I feel like they don't read each other's games very well. If that makes sense. I mean, I'm a big Dunn fan. I love Dunn and I love his passion for the squad. And I think he, he does bring a lot. But yeah, I do see where you're coming from. There is there is a weakness there in, in regards to the players that we've brought in, um, for sure. But yeah, I think, well, I think it's a tough one because I wouldn't want to see him dropped. But and then he is definitely going to be the one that's going to be dropped. Um, but is this is this Balogun going to be a starting eleven player? That we don't know, really, is it? Well, I think if Clark Sorter doesn't get injured, we're not having this conversation. Like Dunn is in, yeah. in the first team, right? Yeah. I think I feel sorry for Dunn because he's not left footed and he's playing left side of centre half, and he's playing almost in a high line now. So as you say, all the things you touched upon, you guys like they're not the quickest. They don't have the best recovery pace. And, you know, you're asking one of them to essentially play on the wrong side. Now, I, I, I don't know if it's worth trying. If, you, if they're going to persevere with two, once we switch them around, Dickie's the better ball player. A lot of our football goes along that left side in that, you know, Cher and Willock on the left and Powell and everyone. I don't know why you don't try Dunn on his natural side and just see if he's a little bit more comfortable because he looks quite awkward and he looked very awkward on that side against Swansea. So I felt for him. Maybe as as you say, the three the centre backs we had were kind of what they bought with the three in mind, you know, you know, for the you know lack of pace. But maybe Dunn goes in the middle of the three, Balligan goes on the left yeah. until Clark sort of comes back and Dickie goes back to the right, and we see how we get on with that. Maybe we'll see a bit more of a, a solid um defense that way. Well, don't, yeah, like Dickie Bill has actually, don't like Dickie at a three. Yeah, but Bill's actually come out and said, hasn't he? I don't know if you boys have seen it. He said he one day he'd like to see three at the back. That's that's he the says plan. It every week he does. He every says week. it every week. So I, I kind of think that that's his way forward. Jimmy Dunn will suit, like you said, Jack in the middle, um, and then you've got the two new boys who will go on the left and probably Dickie on the right um, with the two full backs. And then in the centre midfield, you know, you, I mean, you've got to take your pick really. Yeah. No. Who are you playing there? Do you think the um, dodgy penalty decision got in Dunn's head? Oh yeah. 
that, that I do you think that that, that kind of like threw him off his game a bit more because it was so blatantly not a penalty like it bounces off his belly because it was saved you should have felt yeah, I, know, I know but you know but like events. sometimes you it just plays on your mind doesn't it because oh, you know in your head you've not handballed it and then in the back of your head you're thinking like that's going to play on your mind a little bit and it's going to bother you and was his head then not focusing on the game enough I think you're right. I think there was a bit of a head loss for 10 minutes or so before they scored. Um, I felt like it was all a bit panicky and a lot of mistakes. Like Bill said, it was a lot of our own, da- own doing. And a lot of that at the moment is coming from the centre-backs. Do you think, as much as we praise the wing-backs or the full-backs, do you think them being so attacking worries Dunn and Dickey? That there's some, a lot of the times they are having to really sprint back to cover. And do you think the centre-backs are panicking that they're being exposed a little bit more in a two than there would be in a three. Possibly, mate. I mean, you need your centre midfield, you need your field then, and or your two wide centre midfielders to cover. But yeah, I mean, I thought they both looked a bit tired on Saturday. Ned and, and Bell. I mean, he 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 got better in the second half, um, but it's difficult because we've got no one to come in and cover them. That's the problem. That's the other problem. <laughs> Have we? If we want to give one a rest one week, or we want, you know, or come off after 60, 70 minutes, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. We, well, oh yeah, we haven't got no one, but we can push. There's no one even we can push out there, is it? Adoma, we can put him on the right, like Forbes did, if if needed, because he did play quite well in that role. I don't like that. Oh, oh, playing playing Willock at left wing back again. But then this just comes to my point. If once every once the players are back fit, you know the new players we've brought in, um, will he still bring a, a domer on? Will, will a domer still be used? Um, obviously, he's a very impact player for us, and we absolutely love him. We all love Unks, but will he be used as much as we would want him to be used? If that makes sense. Depot as well. It's shame he hasn't got more of a, um, a few time, a few more minutes. It's just loving him, but difficult. Being an understudy to Willick and Cher, that's just difficult for anybody to come in, isn't it? And try and influence games as much as they do. Um, it's, it's, you know, Bill's got lots of things that he needs to figure out, hasn't he? Because I'm still not sure he knows his best 11 anywhere near what I don't think. He knows what it is as it is without injuries and stuff like that, but with everyone fit, who does he play? And one thing I wanted to touch on was the refer- refereeing um, standard again in this thing. I mean, the refereeing in the whole. Football just seems to be at an all-time low for me, but especially in the championship, just it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I swear, it's like you go to games no. now expecting the referees to do something wrong. Like, do you feel like the championship is crying out for VAR? Do you feel like we need it now more than anything? Not in the way oh. they currently operate it in the Prem. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, that's that's what I wanted to get touch on because it's so badly used this weekend in the Prem. Would it make a difference anyway? Think about the quality of people that will be behind. Because it's not VAR, is it? It's the people operating there making the decisions, right? They'll be even less qualified yeah, or exactly. experienced as the people in the prem, and they're a bit more. Dis- it's just not ready, is it? I don't think. No. Do you think um, Willock should have gone down though? Yes. Do you think if he'd gone down, it's a red card and it's a completely different game? Well, that referee bottled so many decisions. Was yeah. it Oliver Langford, where he's, you know, he, oh, yeah. if Willock goes down, he make he gives the referee a decision to make. Do you put Willock for diving? Do you 
you know, card the defender, you know, what you, you have something to make, but all the while it just sort of tussles and, you know, in fairness, Willick is, you know, strong. So he's trying to hold him off to get in on goal, but yeah, you go down, I think that's a free kick. The defender's in trouble. Yeah. He thought he'd get the free kick. So he sort of stopped a little while, you know, looked at the ref and was like, well, obviously I'm being fouled here. But the ref obviously didn't give it. But if he'd gone down, that would have been a completely different, like, like Jack said, you know, you're giving the ref a decision to make there, aren't you? You've already made, if you yeah. just stop play, you've made for him, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, um, I do think the ref, and obviously does need to improve, but like we're saying, it's not really going to improve by any means if there's no VAR, because... Like you say, the refs are human. They do make mistakes like anyone else. But the decisions which have been made in the championship have been shocking, you know, and it does yeah. need to be sorted out. But then w- will they bring VAR? And if they did, it definitely wouldn't be for a while. No, exactly. But like, it goes like even like the whole goal, like from where we were, obviously we were behind the goal. It looked a mile offside. Obviously, I haven't really seen a massively clear replay of it, but... From most accounts, it's been offside. It was offside. Like that's another. It didn't cost us anything because we were winning. But uh, other games, fine worked, margins. It could have gone the other way, couldn't it? But it works the other way for us as well. You know, I, I feel like the Watford goal maybe wasn't offside, but on that day it was our luck, and that's what they missed. So it worked well for us on that day. Keith Stroud special, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What. Um... What so, Jack? I was, I was chatting to you before this about Elias Chair, and um, we were having, we had a discussion last week about him possibly not even being in full gear yet. Um, but I was wondering how he's influencing games compared to last season. Yeah, I mean, with Chair, I think he's all he's been someone we think there's just there's more there, isn't there? There's more to come. Maybe if he didn't hold on to the ball as long, maybe if he you know made a decision quicker, released the ball, it'd be more effective. Well, this year, you know. By and large, there's been a massive, massive jump in his numbers. I know it's very early days and sample sizes and everything, but he's averaging a goal or assist every 114 minutes in the championship, which is almost half as, you know, regular, you know, just twice as regular as last season. So he's really made a leap there. He's already got six goal involvements in eight league games, three goals, three assists. Six of his last eight goals have, you know, been from outside the box. So he's, he's kind of been unleashed a little bit you know, which is nice to see because I, I got the impression they weren't told to shoot as much from outside the box under Warburton. Um, but yeah, in terms of his chance creation, he's creating a chance for his teammates every 30 minutes, which is by far his best average in a QPR shirt. So, you know, and his shot conversions up. So even with the long shots, a lot of his shots are going in compared to before. So, make you know, little tweaks to his game. We're seeing a, a, a new and improved Ilias chair. Um, I don't think he's quite at Willick's level just yet. In my personal opinion, I think Willick's slightly, you know, more of an asset. But I think Chair is, he's really turned it up this year and it's really good to see. And I think he's having a big influence on us. And I'm, But I do maintain he's a better player in the side with Willock. Sure. They almost play off each other, don't they? I mean, yeah. when one gets a goal, the other one must get a goal. You know what I mean? That whole, when Chair scored, you could have put your house on Willick scoring. It's like five aside with them, isn't it? They're passing amongst themselves. They yeah. used to be that Lee Wallace tri- you know, triangle, but now, you know, Kenneth Powell's joining in and they they just, the way they dominate games in pockets of the pitch, it's beautiful to see. But yeah, they, they really complement each other well. By the way, and this is being picky and wanted more, just to try and <laughs> try and penetrate teams when we are, well, when the, when the, when we, you know, when the game is compact, it's like we're at Rotherham, you know, 
Blackburn. There's many games this season where we could have done with just you know, when the when the other the opposition have sat real deep Blackpool in the second half. Um, it makes it so much difficult for them. But if they can find a way, that for me would just be like you know next level. Um, so what we got player of the month then? Have we got is it is it Jack seems to think we're all have the same one, but I'm not so sure. Dunk, what do you reckon, mate? Um, I was like when I when you first asked me, I went straight to one player. As I've actually thought about it, it's a toss-up between two. But I'm going to go for just how influential he was against Hull. It was obviously the last game I we went to. I'm going for um, Ilias Chair. I feel like he's had a really good month. And the, against Hull, he was literally the best player on the park. I know like he, his link-up with Willock was good and Willock's had a good month. But Chair just edges it for me. I think, I think for me, I'm just... Well, it's, it's, it's got to be Willock or Chair, but I'm going to chuck in Diang in the mix because he scored a goal and he scored the same amount of goals as our key striker at the moment. So that says it all. So for me, I'm going to go Diang. Yeah, it's uh, it's Chair for me, unsurprisingly, after that you know monologue just given. But uh, yeah, no, I think Chair is just, he's showing some real quality this year and the direct free kick, first in a few years since their day, you know, so... Long gone of the Barbe free kick days, which actually are a bit of a, <laughs> bit of a threat when we free kick now, which is nice. Um, but yeah, no, I chair for me all day. Yeah, oh, yeah I'm going to go chair. Um, I think Willick, Johansson, Dazelle deserve a shout. Well, Willick deserves a lot more shout, but the other two um, deserve a bit of a call out. They've had a good last end at the end of August, but yeah, we'll go with chair. So, what we got? How does field up next? Um, Feels like another another one of those games, you know, the Blackpools, the Rotherhams. Like a banana scout. It's going to be, wow, well, yeah, it's going to be difficult. They're not, they're, they're struggling. And it's just, you know, for me, I always find QPR do better against better teams. I don't know, you know, it's just always how it's been, hasn't it? But um, what are we thinking, Brad? Huddersfield? I think he's definitely going to change the squad up. Uh, the team will be definitely changed. I think. I'm not sure whether Tim will start, but I'd like him to start. Uh, I think we're. I think it'll be a draw. I think it'll be a one-all. We'll go one-nil down, and we score one in the 80th minute. That's my view. Doug, what do you reckon, mate? Uh, I put on my notes here. I put Huddersfield in the bottom three. That's the game we lose. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just typical. Isn't it? That's the kind of game that we think like they're struggling, they're not doing well. New manager, but do you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. I felt at home we seem to be putting in a lot of good performances at home. I'm going to go for a two 0 win. Thank you, mate. Well, a bit of a bogey team for us in recent seasons. One win in nine against them, but we did win at home against them last season. And that was, you know, obviously we won our last home game against Hull. The last time we won consecutive home games was in November. Second game was against Huddersfield. Maybe there's a little omen there. Maybe we're going to get consecutive wins for the first time in quite a while. Um, one clean sheet. Game against was it Blackburn? The other game? No, I think it might have been, other... been Luton. It was like oh, November Luton. time. I think it was sort of that that um, when Phil just came back into the team. But um, yeah, I'm. I, I'm quite I'm quietly optimistic, not for a clean sheet. We've only had one of those in our last 12 home home league games, but I am for a win. I think 2-1. Um, I'm, you know, fingers crossed Dykes breaks the duck and you know, gets on the score <laughs> after we've been you know, singing his praises. Um, 
but yeah, no, I, I think I'm I'm optimistic. Two one win. Like I keep saying, I wouldn't be surprised if we do go for it back. You know, so I'd watch out, maybe watch out for that. But yeah, I'll, I'll go. I fancy a three 0 you know. Oh, that's well, very I optimistic first, for you. I think that's the right. first time on the podcast you've ever gone us to win. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always pessimistic. So then when it happens, when we win, I'm always a bit more happy. But it annoys me more when I'm when I, like like Saturday when I'm optimistic and we just tend to never win. Um. All right, let's look. Let's close it there. Um, we've got Millwall as well, haven't we, on the, on the um, Wednesday? They, so that'll yeah. be interesting. A tough game as well, won't yeah. it? Tough place to go. Yeah. And another one yeah, of like, right, a, bit like a bogey team for us, aren't they, Millwall? We never seem to do that well against them. Yeah, the Den, it's away. one win in our last nine at the Den. So <laughs> We were there, Brad. Yeah, we were. Lucky Wells. Lucky Wells, wasn't it, that one? <laughs> I miss Naki Wells. I was watching his goals the other day, mate. I really miss him. Like, he's scoring for Bristol City. I don't know what it is. Like, Warm again, isn't he? Just, just miss him. Like, it's just this... I'd love him in that... I think he'd be quality in that team. I said the same to my dad recently. Um, I thought... I know we all are... We, you know, we're obsessed with players coming back, aren't we? A bit of yeah. But I do feel like he was that... If he was available, we saw at the start of the window, there was talk about Naki Wells could be available, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think he would have been a missing piece in that in that attack. I think he would have got a few goals for us. But and it's obviously nice to see him do well. Just hopefully not against us when we play. I'm sure he will. He's on he's on stupid money, isn't he? I read. Yeah. yeah. He, he scored last time we played, didn't he? Or I think last minute. No, at home, at home, we absolutely battered him, didn't we? Yeah. Was, absolutely yeah. battered him. I was there. Killed me. That did. <laughs> yeah, that was an awful game. All right, lads. Well. Crack on with your evening. Thanks for coming on. Um, thanks for everyone listening. Um, please, you know, subscribe. Give us some feedback, positive or negative. Um, you know, we're, we're always open to change. But um, up the arse. Let's hope for a win on Saturday. Cheers, boys. You are. You are. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.